All right, guys, we'll dive straight in then. Kim Ken, listen, it is such an absolute pleasure to be speaking with you. Thank you so much for taking the time to do it. Yeah, sure. how's, your day, how's your day been so far? Well, we went to do gym, some jiu-jitsu. That was yeah. nice. <laughs> so work, jiu-jitsu, then yeah. straight to the interviews. Yeah. Am I your only one today? <laughs> no, second, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, we just did my primordial, primordial radio just, uh, just, just now. <laughs> it's part and parcel of the uh, period of time. This this long period that you get with the build up to a release, the drip yeah. feeding of content, the press releases, the interviews, basically the non-stop talking about mall. Do you guys enjoy it? Yeah, I think I, I do actually. Yeah, you love talking in general. So, um... <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm the the main extrovert in the band. The other guys keep their mouth mouth shut usually. Yeah, but I, I, it's nice when people have something where you can sort of open it up more. Mm. Music and the yeah. album, for sure. Mm -hmm. It's an incredible period. But going back a bit, how have you been holding up personally? Uh, during the pandemic period of the last 18 months or so and what if anything can you think of has helped get you through this difficult period well that was lockdown during corona yeah. actually but um me and kim being close and regularly checking because of work right mm. we, we get tested all the time yeah. then we could go and uh, do that mm -hmm. um for physical activity and then writing the album as well you know was well also you you moved right over here a, a year ago, right? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And and I, me and my girlfriend, we moved into this apartment. So uh, we're neighbors. In, yeah. In, in December. So it was, it was actually during the lockdown. Yeah. Just right. You you moved during lockdown now and I did yeah. too. No housewarming. Yeah. <laughs> no housewarming though. <laughs> Unless it was a socially distant one. <laughs> yeah. Well, at least you were a, you guys were a couple of our our friends that we did did see on a regular basis. Yeah, well, like sort of a Corona couple. Yeah. I mean, as as long as we we got tested yeah. because of work all the time. So yeah, we we're, we both uh, work as social workers. Um, you work with young kids, yeah, and I work with teenagers. So, so nothing stopped, and you were just basically testing on a regular to make sure you can continue to do it. Well, they had test centers on our school on the schools that we work on. Well, it can be quite clear that it sucked with yeah. the restrictions. It's very hard to do social work when yeah. you're not allowed to be close to people mm. and really like give them the care they need. Mm -hmm. um, but other than that, um, well, now we can actually begin yeah. that work again. Well, as we said, actually, during another interview, like writing this album has been kind of like Cut like that right. like that meme with the the dog and the house burning yeah everything is fine we're just yeah yeah just focus on something focus on something can actually control <laughs> yeah and then yeah. leave the other things out of this uh -huh. well i mean of course it's this uh that period was excellent for that what about it's a, the pandemic's effect on mall in general because it feels like since you released your back in 2018 and the re-release of the two EPs the year later in 2019, you basically haven't stopped. This forced chance to take a breath. Was it something that you think, yep, okay, that worked out well? Hey, I think it did. It was a little placing for the band. We could finally sit down and the tours are an immense amount of work, especially when you have work as well. Mm -hmm. All of us do. and careers and, and kids uh, yeah. not all of us have kids but... well both <laughs> our bassist and our guitarist and main songwriter Nikolai the, the Holger and Nikolai they both had kids during 
Corona. during the the lockdown so so it was kind of you know uh yeah blessing in disguise i think yeah <laughs> if you could say it like that it, it got you it got us you know either to refocus on what what do we need to do uh, to make this continue either we have to go big or go home <laughs> basically uh, and it's also a different type of writing because like it was only kim i could see regularly and Nikolai moved and me and him are working yeah digitally yeah like yeah, yeah sending the files back and forth so mm. it's different because usually we would have done it in the practice room and mm. just to exemplify your took quite a few years to make how, how long probably three years yeah uh, and um this didn't so <laughs> <laughs> but then um that way of being forced to work in, in a in that different way was it difficult to adjust or did you kind of think okay this is okay we can handle this and we'll maybe use some of what we learned from this going forward well i think you got to cut some corners at some points like you know is this like for instance we did have a more democratic process when writing before but i think uh it got narrowed down more to you know but just being you and nikolai taking yeah. some of the main decisions and i getting put into the mix when you're when you couldn't be uh, agree on something yeah <laughs> so it's a more focus between me and nikolai and then kim collaboration yeah um and yeah <laughs> yeah i mean going back to the early days when you first started to sort of plan out diorama as it were those very early days mm -hmm. were you as excited and confident that you could follow up what was effectively a spectacular release in your where was there nerves and trepidation about that i i think uh we we tried not to think about uh, on that yeah we didn't want to make a, a sequel but of yeah. course there was so much pressure on doing it uh, <laughs> because it was so overwhelmingly well received yeah um so we just thought like, what is, what makes Mill Mill, right? Yeah. And it's the, it's the sweet sounds, the melodies, mm -hmm. and then like doing what we feel like suits the song, no matter mm -hmm. what type of genre we yeah. mix in it. And then we expanded on that. Yeah, I think like the key word being dynamics uh, and uh, not just dynamics in the songs, uh, but dynamics throughout the, the album. Uh, you won't find one track that is, you know, just like any of the others, uh, and when you hear it in 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 succession of each other, like you, it should make you feel something. Mm, interesting choice of words. I'm definitely going to get back to the feel side of things, but I find it interesting that you acknowledge that you didn't want to make your part two, but you could have done. It would have been easier, more access acceptable on a fan base level for you just to follow that up, considering obviously that was the day before length. How important was it for you overall to avoid that, but to showcase the growth of Mole? I think that was a... it. It was a very important point because we could have just made the same thing, used mm -hmm. the same producer, but we wanted something that sounded even more like us. Yeah. Uh, and that was also shown. We chose to Messen of mm -hmm. Land Farm Studios uh, to produce it. And he's famous for making a lot of the music we grew up with. Mm -hmm. and, very respected producer but he also makes this band sound like the band mm. uh, if they ask for it and yeah. um, that's what we did and you can hear it it's a way more organic and raw sound and uh, yeah and there's a lot of things that actually did happen out in the studio we came out uh on you know none of us was actually you know you know out there everyone together at one point we everything just came together like drums were not 
done. Yeah. <laughs> I had to finish the drums in the studio. So yeah. a lot of it is improvised in that sense as well. Yeah. Uh, uh, that was also nerve-wracking <laughs> when you have four yeah. days. So uh, he's the one starting it all. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah great, go Ken. <laughs> so um, yeah, but but I think it was nice seeing it come together and seeing how Tua got actually got to uh, trying to be our collective mind uh, of some sort of you know what's going into this record. What's the what's the what's the common feel or yeah because he doesn't tell you what to do that's nah. a great like in in a sense that that sucks because <laughs> you want somebody just to tell you do this that's the right thing he just like i mean it could be this could also be the other thing what do you think you know <laughs> and then it's like oh shit okay yeah, i'll try this you know uh, and, and he also made um we open up for clean singing we yeah. had clean singing on the previous album with guest vocalists mm -hmm. yeah and um, i did some light backing at that point but and I, now we have clean guest vocalist and, and also yeah. does uh, and, a very uh, good job. and and thank you uh see that's the thing like i came out with a lot of placeholders i did do some vocal work uh, when working on demos at home but when i got into the studio tour he was just like yeah you do it what yeah yeah you do it like you do it you 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 did it so do it again um and that was kind of a, a leap for me i think i know what i'm doing uh, mm -hmm. in terms of screams and growls and everything uh, of that i know that i'm i'm a proficient uh, screamer but there's just something really naked about uh singing um and um i wanted to challenge myself in, in that regard and and i'm actually quite happy that i did because i think i wouldn't have been able to uh, do it in, under other circumstances, actually. I mean, it's fantastic. Only as well, it's going to challenge a listening audience. Those who may not know your work, perhaps going further back, but starting perhaps with Jordan and Soul, will have expected a certain vocal style mm -hmm. of what they do. And obviously that's heavily present in this new album. But then when you hit those cleans, as you say, it's a little bit of an eye-opening, oh, wow, we're seeing range. Yeah, like, you know, on... On photophobic, uh, Miesa, our uh, our manager, manager. actually mm. did uh, some of the falsetto, and I did the backing on that one. Uh, and he just had a really great idea that we actually ended up following. Like, you know, that's that's yeah. what we're gonna. Go and it was with. also great because because it's unexpected of him as well, right? He's yeah. not doing falsetto. No. in general, he he plays in a band called Siamese, uh, and he does uh, something you know he do, just doesn't do that yeah <laughs> so, so it, it's get him it's, out of his comfort zone and yeah. made it also somewhat more honest yeah I think, yeah you know? yeah i think so too and um and we have uh, sylvain uh catherine shepherd from sylvain uh, on uh, diorama uh the the title track uh, and it was such a pleasure singing norwegian and yeah yeah she, she's singing in, yeah exactly she's singing in norwegian i'm singing in danish so it's like a really great scandinavian co collaboration <laughs> yeah Yes, yeah, incredible to hear to the years. Considering, you know, going back to some about comfort as well, when it comes to inspiration for things, I guess, not just lyrical content, but the general atmosphere of the album, do you find you're, you're looking inward and outward as much as anything else? Considering it's been a very difficult period for the world full stop, not just involving the pandemic the last couple of years. Well, the first album was looking very much outwards, mm -hmm. more, um, seeing the grander scale, uh, and then came open up much more in the sense that it's a uh, much more personal mm -hmm. um, diving inwards. 
Yeah, but I, I would say that both on the sound, as you as you mentioned, but but also on the lyrical side, like it's it's uh, I I would say the the first one uh, being a lot more polished in in some senses, uh, but uh, that's also cold and distant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. More than this, and this is way more warm. Yeah, warm. And yeah, close. and it. One of the things that we stressed a lot is that it functions, it sounds really well on, on vinyl. Uh, I think that sound, the warmth, the, the organic feel, that just complements that uh, way of, of experiencing seeing the record. You know, you can also hear it on streaming services. Uh, it's nice that we do keep a song length that's actually you know you're able to consume you know that one track as a single but i think it's meant to be heard as a it's whole. meant to be a whole album yeah mm. yes when, mm. when people tend to talk about hearing an album fall their minds start going to conceptual stuff and things like that but of course we're not talking a conceptual album here we're effectively talking beginnings and story based and what you do in each individual song mm. well it's an overall theme yeah uh, mm. And, the, and it also ties together. I mean, you're the lyricist, uh, but it goes on and it sort of peaks uh-huh. on twisting. Yeah. And then that's, uh, what do you call an, it? An epilogue at Diorama. Like, so So the, the dynamics of the emotional narrative is there. I think um, it's the same thing with, uh, with, with your as well. There is some sense of cinematic feel, you know, that you can... You can go and consume this as a story. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might not necessarily know what's been been sung, but you can, you know, you, you're supposed to feel something, as I said earlier. Um, and that's at least how I experience uh, the melodies as well. I, I'm trying to complement that as a vocalist, uh, complement that sound or accom- accompany it instead of trying to, you know, pull the focus too much. Uh, that's one of the things that I, you know, I love, hate about death metal. Uh, the vocalist is so much in center and uh, it, it kind of steals a picture from a lot of the other things that ha- that's happening. Um, so I think there's a place for everything. And, but I would say the main instrument in Müll is, is the guitars. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's uh, an interesting way to put it as anything else. And sticking to what you're talking now about feeling, we're coming back to that. Do you agree there's a lot of positivity that can be gained from your style of music? Because there's obviously a presumption, particularly from an outside perspective and just listening, say, on a brief snippet, that it can be quite obviously intense, can sometimes be quite angry, particularly if you're not hitting melodic part. That Mm -hmm. aspect of making people feel, it it seems like that is almost key to everything that Mole does. It's the dynamic, uh, yeah. I think you mentioned that earlier, uh, the dynamic of it, like it, it gets really tense and then it releases so in a mm. cathartic experience, I guess. Yeah. Um, and a lot of the songs, some of them, like maybe the opening track just keeps building, 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 mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And then releases and then we have a photophobic that uh-huh. slows up. And so it's always, all the songs have a structure and a very mm. well narrative that then fits in an overall narrative mm. of the album. Yeah. And one of the things that I, I remember Nikolai saying about uh, feeling when writing. It was, you know, if you can if you can juxtapose uh, melancholy and jubilee in the same song, you 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 found something that can, uh, you know, make you think in a, in a, in another in another way. 
uh, and stop for a second and actually, you know, close your eyes, get sucked into that. Um, uh, you know, without uh, without it being forced, hmm. you can hear a lot of uh, technical death metal and a lot of other stuff. Like you can really hear, okay, that's the A and the B part and the C, you know. But but a coherent way of you know thing yeah make it flow into each other that's one of the things that we like um writing songs you also know how difficult it is to do that to nail that aspect and get as you say the highs and the lows and the build-up and the tension and the release it's incredibly difficult yet you you basically do it on almost every song (laughs) thank you thank you (laughs) that's all right um Guys, as well, talking about that then, uh, how aware are you about the limiting nature that comes with the rock and metal world's obsession with pigeonholing of genres? Mole equals black gaze. That's how it's described and said and put out there to the general public. Do you, do you find yourself trying to rally against that? Yep. <laughs> we do it in the interviews, right? When yeah. people try and, and, and cut us in, like, you're black metal shoegaze, then people say we're not black metal, and we're like, yes, we're not. Uh, and then we are shoegaze, yeah, but we're also not. Um, mm. it, it's metal shoegaze, if we're yeah. just going to be completely honest, because yeah. it's those two main sources of inspiration, mm. and metal is such a diverse it genre, is. right? Yeah, like, and shoegaze is much more concise, but that's uh-huh. sort of the sound of it. Uh-huh. I would say the atmosphere from shoegaze is some of the great, com- you know, the main components, but we've heard, like, reactions, uh, you know, talking about kills which engage uh, references and and but 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 seeing um, you know how to pinpoint that I really like that exploration. I like how people you know end Joy up formidable. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it, when when people try to you know put uh, references uh, onto our sound, I acknowledge that you know we are a product of a lot of. Yeah, of stuff sure. you know we we are music fans and we do love listening consuming a lot of music so uh, i think you just can't say that something comes from nothing like we we all come from somewhere we didn't invent anything we just did what we wanted to yeah. do you know um in that sense yeah um we just it's it's rock and metal we just love pigeonholing we try and find a genre or make up a genre if need be, to find a place for you to go um i don't think any of us are changing that anytime soon unfortunately yeah. Yeah, well, but one of the things that, that we found, especially as a live act, uh, that we found really useful that, you know, we can play with the heaviest dudes ever, but we can also play with some something more um, Experimental like, and yeah, soft. And, soft. and uh, having that dynamic, especially as a live act, is really nice. You can put together a set, especially with our new, combining our new album with our later stuff, like it, it just makes for something and, and, and entertaining. Really nice narrative in yeah. the bands you can plan and tour with. Yeah, yeah, exactly. No, absolutely. And of course, November 5th, we're still a, a few weeks away from release. Did the release of the first single, Photophobic, and the subsequent adoration of that track kind of put you at ease as to potentially how fans are going to react to the overall product? Yeah, I mean, because very nervous that people just wanted a your. Two yeah. and as we said, we didn't want to do a year or two, <laughs> uh, but people saw it, they saw that it was different, so that was also nice. And then they said, This is amazing, still, you know, yeah. they're not doing the same thing, but I love this stuff as well, right? Mm-hmm. So, there's some red thread in what we did on the first uh-huh. that keeps going, and, and I love that the fans who, who like it 
they keep being adventurous mm -hmm. right? because I would love my music if I didn't yeah. make it. You yeah. Know? <laughs> yeah. You know, see, that's one of the things like I as a vocalist, I also feel like it's it's kind of cool to see you, you musicians working things out live and trying to complement that with whatever, uh, you know, goes through my head to kind of, uh, yeah, compliment, compliment that. But at the same time, it's like, it's, it's kind of awe inspiring <laughs> uh, to see things being put together in front of you and like, okay, so I actually fit here. <laughs> um, incredible i mean it really has been an incredible recent couple of months just as the build-up's been coming but talking of progression the videos you guys have been putting out to go alongside the single so far photophobic surf and even vestige they've been jaw-dropping stuff where are these ideas coming from and how on board have the label been with your ideas stealing 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 stealing, stealing. stealing. <laughs> i always say that i mean the first video photophobic was made in collaboration with m2 right? yeah of all who's uh and they made a general we made a general pitch uh -huh. for the video. And I think they made four manuscripts. Yeah, it was like whoa, collaborative. The 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 guy who uh, who did the instructing, Casper, um, he actually went he went all in. Yeah, uh, so they made the pitch for that, and uh, then the two second uh, made by ideas of me and Kim. Mm -hmm. We directed those. Yeah, uh, made the manuscript for them. Yeah, and I'm especially proud of Prestige. Yeah, uh, I think that turned out very well. And I saw one comment saying like, "Oh, it's really uncomfortable." I was like, "That's yes, the right. point." <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's great. I, I love that, and I'm very proud of that. It has that the uh, you know fear and loathing in Las Vegas kind of feel that that one. Yeah, and what we like about that video as well is at, it's actually shot in our hometown at one of the more alternative venues called the dome and uh that you know the whole, dome the whole sitting like yeah. we scouted for something that would have that sort of glamorous uh vibrant and then also very overconsumption. yeah i think that i think after all the three videos that's the one i like the most i'm mm. proud of i like photophobic but maybe it's because i i it's actually gone to grow on me looking at myself but yeah. at the at the beginning we we took we we two looked at the car and we're like yeah oh. we had a we had a second day where we just like fill it with this yeah and, you know and then it turned out it turned yeah. out great yeah well that, that that's the thing like it, i can never get used to looking at myself on no on, i can't get used to looking at you yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> considering you wrote and directed the other two videos is this a new string to your bow that you want to keep exploring as you go forward I mean, it turned well, out great, so yeah. I mm. think we could do another, mm -hmm. some, some more. But I would like to collaborate more with Jon Gottlieb, our yeah. artwork. He, he's the one who did our art one. He actually did the, the video for your as well. Uh, but we had to kind of prioritize. Uh, are we going to have the time yeah. for it, so we tried making, a, well, to be as yeah, to be as as Yeah, as. and he, he liked the the editing he did on the videos are top notch, you know, and, yeah. and color. He did uh, he did a couple of live videos with us uh, that are airing uh, sometime really soon, and uh, that kind of was okay. We we saw his work there, and I was like, yeah, okay, we can do this. Uh, he's uh, he he was so such a competent uh, photographer. Um, but for sure, we would love to. Um, I think we're probably going to be the ones yeah. sitting with that assignment again yeah. in the future. That's cool. This feels like Mo's moment. Yord was a hit that really got those who heard it raving about it. 
we it was our best album of 2018 out of 624 albums we reviewed that year. <laughs> Are you guys matching the fan base's belief and excitement, not just for more, but diorama in general? Are you at our level, basically, for the excitement? I think I'm, it's more sort of an, I'm nerv- you can't say nervosity, but nervous feeling? Anxious. Anxious, right? Yeah. I'm, I'm anxious about it because... People have heard the free singles, right? Yeah. But the whole album, every song is freaking different, right? Yeah. So there's yeah, and especially with the or... especially with the epilogue and how we end up tying the bow at the end, like yeah. it, it's it, it can go a lot of ways. Uh, but, we but we but I think we did our best to kind of do something that actually pushed us out of our comfort zone, and I. F- I hope that people, you know, at least our core fans are something who, some people who are not afraid to, you know, look past genre definitions yeah. and just, you know, listen to music. Uh, and, uh, you know, if it's pop, whatever, if it's black metal, if it's something really obscure, dungeon synthy, you know, whatever it is, if it's uh, great music, you... Yeah, I think those will put... Yeah. Uh, so our core fans, I think they will be pleased. Yeah. Because they love what we... Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to go into too much detail because obviously reviews come later, but I have heard the full album and I can I can hopefully say to you guys, you're, you're, you're fine. You're fine. This is going to be <laughs> great. Six out of ten. Fine. <laughs> <laughs> you're fine. The album is spectacular. Yeah. And, uh, I generally expect it to blow up the size of your continuing the conversation about spectacular thing. Right. One of the most things that I find most spectacular about you guys, how you perform live. Now, I've had a pleasure of seeing you a few times in London, which is where yeah. we're from in the UK. Unique lineups as well in unique venues. The last one, if you can believe it, was October 2019 at the Dome with Rivers of Nell, yeah. Orbit Culture and Black Crown Initiate. That was when uh, uh, the guitarist from Rivers of Nell, he, he was really, really bleeding. Oh, yeah. You remember that? Yeah, he got that nose beat in the yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'm terrible at remembering stuff like that. But uh, yeah, yeah, I can remember remember it. I think any uh, pictures, otherwise I don't. Well, there wasn't that many pictures, but I really, really enjoyed that show. It just uh, ties into what you were saying a short while ago about playing on such a diverse lineup. Considering the bands on that are arguably quite different to you in many, many ways, but if you remember, the crowd absolutely was insane for your set and that. All UK shows we had. I, yeah, I can't remember the particular one, but the UK fans. Have nuts <laughs> i love yeah. it you know they, yeah. they fucking dig the music they they are so into it and you can just see people almost like crying some places i i i I, 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 I really like that when you know, i can see something yeah <laughs> from but as a vocalist i'm i like you know i dive headfirst into the emotions and and it's such a it's so nice to see people you know responding to that mm. i i know there's a job for me as a showman to kind of be the emotional conductor of whatever happens on stage and um trying to trying to incorporate that uh or at least yeah make you feel something make you forget about your shitty day that's you know if we can accomplish that then you know we do applaud that kind of base escapism i think that's one of the main reasons why we love love playing live the other one I wanted to remind you of uh, was um, November 2018. I don't know if you remember this show because this was my first time seeing you guys play live and it was a tiny venue. And although I wish 
obviously it would have played the biggest venues possible to see you in such a small venue at the time was crazy. It's called the Electro Works in London with Ghost Bath. That was um, great. Yeah, you uh, remember. So it was the light, bar. the light was amazing. Yeah, it's like a cavern almost place. It, it, it used to, it, it hosts a lot of uh, like techno uh, stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah, I remember that venue. The reason uh, why I'm bringing these up, both of these up, is because there were two quite different shows within a year mm -hmm. of each other. And you guys played them like you were headlining Wembley Stadium. And it started to make me realize, particularly in watching live shows and other videos you've done elsewhere, and other live events, um, that this is probably how you do it. Is that the more way, just whatever the size of the show, however many people are there, you'll play like you're, it's 100,000 or if it's- Yeah, fuck it. If, you, if, 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 if you're attending, we'll give you a show. Give you a show. Like, yeah. that's- I mean, I think we all dig into the music, right? Yeah. I mean, you can start off nervous, but, and you feed on the, the audience yeah. a lot. And you but, feed on each other's energy. Yeah, but yeah. It's, it's like you get into the playing and you hear that sound and it just goes, you hear Nebulae from mm. doing weirdest random <laughs> solo. And it's just like, yes. And you just take in those symbols even deeper, right? And, yeah. and you keep going around the stage, freaking everywhere. And it's like, I love, I love that energy. Mm. We all love playing. So yeah. it's, um, it comes natural. Well, I think one of the things that I remember from our first tour with, um, at least in the UK, um, with Svalbard was mm -hmm. how uh, how surprised a lot of, uh, at least reviewers I know were, uh, because they expected some shoegazy people just uh, looking at their fucking shoes, mm -hmm. and uh, and we played in tiny, tiny venues, but. We got right, you got right up in people's faces. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, do you remember Mother's Ruin? Uh, was that that? That was in Bristol. That place where we yeah, played yeah, twice. Yeah. Really, really fucking I cramped. think I was passing out of dehydration. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we, did, we did, I think we did two sets at that show. And, uh, and it was with, uh, it was, it was so ridiculous. Like, uh, there was so, there was not space enough. It could be 15 people or something. No, no, no. Uh, 25 was the max but it, it yeah it was insane the yeah. floors were dripping everything was sweating and yeah, you stepped on frederick's pedal yeah he was so angry <laughs> well of course the uk doesn't have to wait too long till you come back february 2022 how important is it the uk for you guys to play over here i think it's our main fan base mm -hmm. i would say and, and yeah and if we don't go then you know it wouldn't be a tour for us yeah. i think um and they need us. <laughs> we need them. Well, I think one of the things that I I'm really looking forward to is how, you know how many core fans do we actually have in the UK uh, after after uh, leaving Holy Roar or uh, you know seeing you know what you know are actually are are people uh, still on it because I yeah, felt well, like take around after yeah. I, I, I felt like uh, like Holy Roar was like a great quality stamp for a lot of, uh, of, of music, especially in the UK scene. So I really hope that we can, you know, take up that mantle and still press on uh, for because I think we were on label with a lot of really great artists. But it was a quality. Yeah. Oh, oh no. Oh, you're back. You froze momentarily. Oh. No, worries. I think we just got the end. He's saying um, Hollywood was good, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> you're Basically. Great to come a bit 
<laughs> yeah, um, it, yeah, of course. I mean, but then when you signed with Nuclear Blast, the absolute roar of approval that came and was like, mm -hmm. yes, you deserve this. You know, that size of the label yeah, yeah. was very memorable. It's, uh, you know, it, it's sort of a dream right? is, because yeah. you just saw all the all this like super sweet big bands you wanted to just like oh new class and what and it's like you're an adult and it's like your side man was like what the all fuck right. is going on yeah. now <laughs> yeah. yeah i remember you seeing you with that contract like Dima Borgi has been here yeah. <laughs> kim specifically for you just a small question and yeah. it kind of ties into what you said um about ken said about getting in people's faces Considering COVID and what you love to do, particularly when every time I've seen you, mm. what are the chances you're going to have to dial back to getting down to the floor in the future? It's hard, but you know, if people I, attend a show, you yeah. assume they're vaccinated. Right? Yeah. So we have that sort of safety barrier. Yeah. At least I am. So. Yeah. <laughs> but but it's it's like. <sighs> and if you're not, you shouldn't be attending shows. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so. I mean, <laughs> I think that's yeah. You put it, yeah, yeah. You put it, put it just right. Finally, guys, um, this is a sort of a deeper question, and really just to kind of get your perspective on things, particularly in a difficult world that it can be these days. Hate is a dominant feature of the world these mm -hmm. days. It sounds cheesy, but we kind of want to do our part of fighting out with love. So we wanted to ask you: Does more still believe that music, metal in particular, transcends all and still has the power to bring people together? I think some in some sense, but you know, Isn't I it just music that does. Yeah, that? I think just music <laughs> does that. Like uh, you can, that's what brings people together. What I really liked, or at least what I what almost made me cry during uh, the pandemic was seeing footage from from like Italy and people just singing. Um, you know, it, it sounds it sounds really cheesy, but. You know, what we end up with when we're deprived of a lot of things, you know, art is just something that you do really need to, you know, hold on to something. Uh, so I, I, I know in, in my darkest periods, that's what I cling to. Like a lot of, uh, of really good music and a lot of really great books have just accompanied me through really fucking bleak times. So... I think it's it would be an understatement to to you know remember the importance of what music actually can do. Uh, Middle is just better. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and on that, Ken and Kim, thank you so much for taking the time to do this. I really appreciate it. Thank you, Carl. Thank you very much for watching. You can check us out on gbhbell.com as well as on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and Tumblr. Go to Patreon to help us out over there. That's patreon.com forward slash GBHBL as well as Big Cartel where you can find some of our merchandise. We have a podcast running on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. And of course, if you like this video, do us a favour, hit the subscribe button and help the channel grow. Games, horror and heavy metal. What else is life for?